Blog Talk Radio. Again, this is the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California and online at luckymojo.com. I'm your announcer, Reverend James of FolkHunter.com in North Carolina, and in just a moment we'll be joined by our co-host, Catherine Ironwood of LuckyMojo.com in Forestville, California, and Conjurman of ConjurmanConsulting.com in Mission Viejo, California. This week we welcome a special guest from the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, Mama E of ConjureDoctor.com in Los Angeles, California, bringing us today's topic on a time of change. They will take your calls and offer advice to address, ameliorate, and remediate your questions and problems about love, money, career, and spiritual protection using traditional African-American folk magic practices of hoodoo, conjure, root work as divine and prescribed by the greatest spiritual hoodooists of our time. You can learn a lot just by listening, but if you're selected from among those who signed up at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com, and called into the show, then you'll be on the air and receive a free consultation. We'll be going to the phones in just a moment, but first, let's catch up with our co-hosts, Catherine Ironwood and Conjure Man. Miss Kat? Hi, Reverend James. How are you today? Doing well. Uh, the, like I said last week, uh, you know, the temperature's kind of evened out, so uh, I'm feeling pretty good. <laughs> well, that's great. Um I, you know, I notice you through uh, social media every now and then. I see what you are up to, and you and and Art with your radio show. Why don't you give us a little plug for your radio show? Yeah, so Mystics, Mages, and Magical Places on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, we talk about, you know, uh, anything and everything magically related, but mostly uh, we like to really focus in on the people that we bring in to talk, so they give us a little bit of their background, so they can kind of, you know, help people find their own way into their own path, and um, also different places, of course, magical places. Uh, so we we um, have talked about different cities and different things like that, and how uh, magic is used in those areas. And hopefully, soon in the near future, we will have actual live. Um, walking down the street and things of talking about it, and that will kind of coincide with maybe a video. Um, so hopefully we'll be improving things some more. Great. Well, um, you know, you've you've been doing this show for how long now? Uh, Mystics and what? Ages? Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, I want to say it's about three and a half months. I don't know. It all, I, since I do this show, too, it kind of runs together, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. Um, well, folks, if you are not aware of Reverend Art, Reverend James, and the show Mystics, Mages, and Magical Places, now you know. And um, give us the live broadcast time again, would you? At 7 p.m. Eastern time. Um, so that would be, I'm not really good with Pacific offhand. Um, um, add to the east, subtract to the west. Um, 4 p.m. <laughs> Pacific time. Um, just remember the two vowels go together. A-E, add to the east, S-W, subtract to the west, and then just count off the time zones in your head. 
Oh, that's smart. I like that. Yeah. Well, that's what astrologers so do. do. A <laughs> that's an old astrology <laughs> trick. <laughs> um, so, we do have a uh, website, mysticsmagus.com, and um, if you're a magical person and you'd like to be on the show, uh, there is a um, place for you to go and fill out some information, and we'll try our best to get you on. Yeah. So it's a lot of um, action there with interviews with people who are makers, doers, thinkers, writers, um, creatives, magicians, and the time is 7 p.m. Eastern, and it is um, 4 p.m. Pacific. You figure out what's in between. And it is every Monday. All right. Well, what's going on around here is, um, gee whiz, um, the most exciting thing that happened to me yesterday was we got in after long last a restock shipment of Crown Royal purple mini bags with the embroidered mm. Crown Royal name on them. We've been a, the mini size just kind of flew by us. They, they're the most popular, which is weird because they are the smallest. But I just just got so excited when I opened a, uh, the uh, bag of those you can't just buy them you have to get them from people who buy them with the liquor in them and drink the liquor and throw the liquor away and save the bags <laughs> so it's a whole process to get those little mini bags and so that that was my big exciting news so exciting i even put out a social media post like <laughs> look here they are <laughs> i've been missing them there's been a little vacant place on their shelf uh, they come in about six sizes, and uh, the largest size you can actually put jumbo candles in. That's how big they are. But, um, yeah, so the minis are back in stock. They are so popular because you can use them to put your amulets and charms in, or you can use them as a little bitty mojo bag. If it's, you like a purple mojo bag with the words Crown Royal on it, I mean, you can figure out what to do with that kind of a mojo bag, right? Anyway, they're just adorable. I know, that's a very minor thing to say. It's the best thing that happened. <laughs> but we also went to a railroad event um, yesterday. Uh, it was on a Saturday instead of a Sunday. It was night train running at Gus's house down in Novato, California. And uh, Gus is a great friend of ours. And his I'm telling you, his, his layout is so interesting. Very different than mine, but has very some similarities because we run the same era of garden railroads and the place was just packed and his um uh friends came who were not railroading friends all of, he invited the entire neighborhood and um there was fantastic food and uh it was just a, a wonderful thing so hats off to the railroading community redwood empire garden railway society and if you ever were interested in garden railway uh, modeling or just visiting railroad layouts, hit me up on uh, any time I post a picture of a train. You'll know it. And just um, give me a comment, and I'll get back in touch with you. He had installed, that's right, Nagashiva put this in, he had installed lightning and thunder on his railroad layout. Mm -hmm. And... Um, yeah, it was it was real sounding, and the lightning came down out of the trees. It was amazing. Yeah. Um, anyway, so that's what's new here. Um, now we 
we turn now to our companion in arms. Conjurman, what's going on in your world? <laughs> Things are going quite well. Very excited to hear about the lightning and thunder. <laughs> kind of my mind blown a little bit there. That was a very impressive addition to, to the layout. Uh, otherwise, I'm doing quite, quite well. A very busy, as usual. I have been working on some interesting things where, for, for clients. Uh, this is a particularly uh, busy time in regards to those who do any type of celebratory work around Santisma Muerte. Uh, Her Holy Festival is coming up, uh, and a lot of people uh, celebrate that, but also the Day of the Dead and Halloween and Samhain for those who will follow those sort of Celtic or Nordic uh, pagan practices and neo-pagan practices. So it's been a lot of interesting uh, work connecting with various communities who may not always be related to each other but have very similar festivals and practices around this time of year, whether they're doing work around ancestors or whether they're venerating Santisma Muerte and Holy Dead or they're doing uh, a Catholic All Souls Day and All Day, or they're practicing Zamwin, whatever it is, there's a variety of traditions that are associated with this time. And so I've been linking up with colleagues who are doing some I'm, I'm doing some work around Santisima Muerte, and a friend of mine is doing Zamwin work. And then I have another friend who's, who's, a, who's a devout Catholic and does uh, healing practices, Curanderissimo. And they're prepping up for All Souls Day and All Saints Day and uh, the Day of the Dead, and they've got the skull, the, the sugar skulls out, and all of that. So it's been it's been a it's a probably my favorite time of year because we get to do that. Like I mentioned, I think it was last week about how I'm dealing with cleaning and organizing the altars. So it's all set and prepared. The reason I do all those type of cleaning of altars and, and setting up of altars is to prepare for the end of October and all the sort of flurry of activity that happens around this time. Interestingly enough, I have been doing a lot, a lot of reconciliation work. So my love altars are nice and prepared for this type of work, but I've been getting so much work around reconciliation, not new love, but all old love stuff. Like, I, we just broke up. We just had this big fight. And it's all, like, recent reconciliation, not clients that are like, we broke up six years ago or we broke up eight months ago. It's all like, we broke up last night. Is there a chance mm-hmm. for us to get back together? I, we just broke up two weeks ago. Is there a chance to get? So there was something, there's a recent, I think the Mercury and Retrograde, the recent one had a little bit of a kick into it. Uh, but for whatever reason, there's been a lot of recent breakups, and then the follow-up has been like, can we get back together? So I've been doing quite a bit of work in regards to that. I agree, and I really saw this with the uh, eclipses. Yeah, yeah. And I think that may have kicked some of it in, too, yeah. Recent, because I always ask when people call for reading. So how long ago did you break up? Right. Two days ago, right? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> you just called. Very I mean, you recent. didn't waste no time. You called me right away. Yeah, it's very <laughs> interesting. Well, w- this kind of ties into our topic today, which is being brought to us by Mama E., which is called Autumn, the Time of Change. But before we get to the topic, let's say hi to Mama E and bring her on the show. Welcome to the show, Mama E. Hi, everybody. Glad to be here. Yeah, it's nice to have you here. Well, tell us what's new in your uh, practice before we get into the topic. Well, I've been quite busy. Um, This is like... You both said this is a time of the year where people are uh, contacting 
and asking to help them deal with a lot of family and romantic uh, issues. Um, and I do agree that the retrograde and all these planets that were uh, retrograde really did a job on everything. So um, I am also doing a lot of work, uh, also organizing our altars uh, and trying to, you know, make get things ready for the next year. Even in my own house, I am <laughs> throwing away so much stuff. It's, it's not funny. So, um, yeah, but aside from that, we're doing good. I'm very happy that the weather has turned, uh, you know, not as hot. And it's still, you know, not cold, but it's, it's pleasant. I really enjoy this type of the, the year. So, um Anyway, so that's, you know, that's all for me. My cat is running around here, and he tries to jump on my lap. And today's National <laughs> Cat Day, but I won't let him because I can't <laughs> read cards with him on my lap. But, uh, yeah, but he's doing great, and I'm doing great. We're all doing great. So mm-hmm. Okay. Well, we've got a bunch of comments in the chat I want to uh, reply to here. Um, uh Cliff Lowe says, I'm having the same experience. Tons of reconciliation work. I am so tired of it. To which I say, hey, Cliff, if you're tired of it, send it my way. (laughs) (laughs) There are definitely people who love to do reconciliation work and excel at it. And I guess I would be remiss if I didn't mention um, the best of all which is um, Deacon Millett, who wrote the yeah. book Hoodoo Spells of Reconcil- Re- uh, Return and Reconciliation Spells. And so, um, yeah, there are many of us who love that work, and we don't want to make you suffer. <laughs> we'll take the clients right out of your hands. <laughs> um, and then I also wanted to uh, give a shout-out to Brother Christopher, who is in the chat and says, Hi, Mama E. And, no, I did answer, um, but I don't see it. <laughs> Yeah, it, it, well, it's um, it's brrr, Christopher. <laughs> no, I know, I I answer. Yeah. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah, that's what he calls himself in in our chat. Um, and Doctor Sweets, hello. And um, Doctor Sweets has a question for you, Mama E. Is Mama yes. E ru- running the unnamed path created by Doctor E, or is someone else? The unnamed path is um, a group of brothers, and you can find them on Facebook uh, under the Unnamed Path, and it has grown to over 50 brothers since Dr. E. Path, and uh, it's a very active group of gay men uh, all over the world. So mm. I'm, I'm in there, well, I'm like an honorary uh, director um, mm-hmm. and was involved uh, in a lot of the meetings uh, to make them a nonprofit because that was I wanted them to be a nonprofit so they could mm-hmm. get grants and you know educational and you know for their events and they did they all mm-hmm. did they wrote everything and everything is done and approved so they're on their own now I'm just back here sitting and looking at them and clapping and cheering. But uh, being that I am not a gay man, <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm just the mother of a gay man. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not part of the brotherhood, but I'm an honorary member. So. Hmm. Okay. And you say yeah. they got their nonprofit status? Yes, they did. Oh, good. For, that's fantastic. Yes. Couple. I think it was 
maybe a year and a half ago, it was finalized. Mm-hmm. And uh, no, they, they have wonderful people, uh, you know, brothers uh, taking care of everything and making sure they have events and they have everything. Uh, so go on, on Facebook and find them, uh, the online path, and you will see them and you can write and they can, you know, tell you what to do. Wonderful. All right. Well, that catches us up a little bit, and I'm glad to know that that has continued. Um, Now um, we're going to turn to our topic, which is uh, autumn, a time of change. So I'm going to say just say a couple of words about this. Um, You know, there's always that day where you go, wait a minute, the sun is coming in through the window at a different angle and lighting up a different corner of the wall that it only does for a few months or you say to yourself huh it's getting dark earlier autumn kind of sneaks up on us and when it does we take a few days usually to adjust and then we do adjust and we talk a lot about the fall equinox but the fall equinox we're still clinging to indian summer and you know things are really it's you know hey it's a fall equinox no problem but as, as the world turns, so they say, um, we get to the point where we can no longer deny that the darkness is overtaking the light. It's no longer equal. And this time of year, the end of October, the beginning of November, is the point where even the dullest um, pencil in the box looks up and goes, huh, it's got dark out. <laughs> so... Um, This is a time for certain forms of spell work and a time for certain types of spiritual meditative work. So I'm going to turn this over to you, Mama E, and you tell us what's going on with fall and autumn. Okay. So starting from the beginning, I'm just going to go through my notes and tell you what I found out. Autumn or fall is one of the four seasons on our planet, as we all know. Every season indicates change for Mother Earth and us. Different seasons are associated with specific cycles in life. Spring is rebirth. Summer is growth. Fall is a time to harvest. And winter is a time to rest. And we're focusing on fall, which is the season of gathering the fruits of our labor. It's a time of symbolically assessing our successes and failures, and focus on what we want for the next year. Many people miss this opportunity to review our achievements and our losses. I use three steps to help me do this. Just as we clear our planting field, this is a time to clear our spiritual and emotional baggage. This can be done by practicing acceptance. Be kind to yourself and use this time of change to let go of those things you can't control and to work on attracting what you want. This can be done not only by changing the way you do things and maybe the people you deal with. Sometimes we know and have some people in our lives that uh, just bring us down, 
or hold us back. This is the time to clean house. Also, autumn is a time when leaves turn yellow and fall in preparation for the winter rest. This is the time for us to realize that life is too short and to make the most out of it. You know, life can end in the blink of an eye as we have seen lately. And you can be at home having your breakfast and your world can come to an end. Also use this time to practice gratitude. This is the time to help those less fortunate. This is the time to volunteer on food banks and or serving Thanksgiving dinners at a mission. In one of my previous lives or jobs, I ran a senior center, and every Thanksgiving we had home-delivered meals run by volunteers, not by the employees. And interestingly enough, many employees just came to give their time for free, and we delivered to the home the people that had homes but were alone for Thanksgiving. So this is the best time to do that. You clean your house, you clear your spiritual issues, you clear your mental issues, you help those that have less. So this is the whole focus of my little speech today. You can bring magic into your home by using typical autumn harvest vegetables and spices. So in my spell, I will talk about that and I will let you know how I can I use the things that are all around us and in our kitchen to help us plan for the next year and bring prosperity and love and money to our life. So that's wow. the theme of my talk today. Well, thank you. And I I realize, you know, and we've never asked you this, but I'm asking you right now. I know that you prepare these notes for us, and yes. I'm wondering if you could send those notes to Nagashiva so we could put them in the chat log, because many people follow along with the radio show and they want a permanent record of what was said and we you know try to type what's going on but your notes are so complete it would be wonderful to have them in the chat okay i will have to fix them a little because i wrote on the margins uh just your just your rough notes would be great. We don't need all the little fixes, but that would be okay. that would be wonderful. <laughs> we I, we really would appreciate it. Well I want to add okay. to this that we were talking about um reconciliation spells and at this mm-hmm. time of year we do get a lot of this and it's because the holidays are coming up, tensions flare in families and um people um, it's almost, I guess you could say, I shouldn't say almost, it is an instinctive thing. Like, are we going to hibernate for the winter? Are we going to be together for the winter? Are we going to huddle in our little 
eider-down comforters for the winter, or are we going to have a huge fight and break up and go someplace else and lick our wounds and live alone? These things always seem to come up right before the holidays. And as I've said many times, the holidays is a series. That's why it's called The Holidays. And Mm -hmm. this series starts with um, the autumn equinox with uh, Rosh Hashanah and Sukkot, which are harvest festivals. But they come out of the Middle East and are a little earlier. And Mm -hmm. um, then we have the... um, the idea of Halloween, the pumpkins, the grape harvest here in Sonoma County. And then things go to, you know, the Day of the Dead, All Saints Day, All Souls Day, the Day of the Dead, whatever you want to call it, Samhain, mm-hmm. and so forth. And then um, we also have at Halloween, there's trick-or-treating among um, mostly European Americans, although many people, of course, have picked up on it. It's such a fun thing to do. So, Halloween is one of those things that divides people and and unites them. Let's go trick-or-treating with the kids, and will dad be allowed to come um, with his new girlfriend to trick-or-treat? Or will the kids go to with dad? Or will they trick-or-treat you know, early evening and late evening? There's a lot of negotiation about what should be just a happy festival for children to trick-or-treat, but becomes very, very stressful for people whose um, relationships didn't pan out. And I get a lot of calls about that. Women in tears. My children chose to trick-or-treat with, with my ex and his stupid new girlfriend, right? And so now the poor mother is at home alone. And um, there should be some sort of a trick-or-treat club for mothers you know, abandoned by their children. I don't know. The dads don't usually worry about it as much. Um but I've known a woman who called me and say that their husband was driving in his car behind them as they were walking. He's stalking us. We were just trick-or-treating, and he's stalking us. But he projects it as, I want my wife and kids back, and I want them to be safe when they're out trick-or-treating. I mean, there are all kinds of weirdness around trick-or-treat. Then it gets even weirder around um, uh, Thanksgiving, Again, whose house do you go to? Who is the matriarch or patriarch or the family whose house is the chosen house? And the couple may not agree on that. Um, She may want to go home to her mother's or grandmother's house. He may want to go to his mother's house. I get calls from clients. Will he be going to Florida for Thanksgiving or will he stay with us here in Atlanta? I mean, it's serious business, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there's a lot of stress around that. And then, of course, comes um, the winter festival, whatever that may be. We could call it Christmas or Hanukkah. Whose house? What's going on? And, of course, the um, do they open the presents in the night of before the eve or do they open the presents in the morning? Who will cry? Who will lock themselves in a room and say they're never coming out? It's pretty, you know, well predicted that this will happen to somebody this year. And then it all releases at New Year's Eve. Whoosh! All the ties of children and family and grandparents and cousins and uncles and aunts go away because New Year's Eve is where you spend your time with usually one loved one making a vow for what the rest of the what the new year will hold. And what you do on New Year's Eve is what comes true. So we're entering this very fraught divinatory and celebratory time period. So that's how I see autumn. Now I'm going to ask Conjurman, how do you see autumn? 
Yeah, for me, autumn is a time of restocking and, and reassessing. I've mentioned this before that there's two periods within the year that I do sort of a reassessment uh, or realignment uh, and taking stock, and it's generally spring and autumn. Those are like that's how I bracket it. Summer and winter. Summer, I is is a period of celebration and enjoyment, and it's basically everything that I planted and and prepared for and prepped for in the spring, I enjoy in the summer. Fall is the hunkering down period. That's where I sort of hunker down and just get through the darkness, if you will. But for me, spring is when I may assess the whole year for me because I, I follow the astrological new year in the Persian calendar, which mm. starts in spring. So spring is when I set everything, and then by fall time what I do is I reassess. That's like the beginning of the midway mark for me. Like, okay. What have I accomplished so far? What still needs to be done? What things need to be addressed? What has been cleaned? What has not been cleansed? This is also the period where I assess uh, relationships. Have I been visiting my mother enough? Have I been, have been with family enough? Which is why the um, fall season is about family time, right? You've got Thanksgiving. You've got various autumnal festivals. Uh, so it's all for me about assessing, assessing what's going on in my life, assessing what's been happening in the year, assessing my relationships. Um, it's about taking stock. It's about being grateful. It's about, but also, you know, looking and going, what else needs to be done to prepare for the coming winter? Because I view fall as the transition from summer to winter. So there is an element of, okay, do I need more, like, even at the most basic level, I go, okay, do I need more crown of success oil? Do I need more five-finger grass? Do I need more of these candles that will get me through the rest of the year? So that's literal, like, restocking that happens, the supplies and the material that, that I need, but also sort of spiritual restocking. And this manifests in the two periods that I do cleanings, right? So spring cleaning I do and a fall cleaning I do. And the difference between is like the spring cleaning is I'm starting fresh. That's when I go in with the Chinese floor wash. It's when I wash the altars. The fall cleaning is like the, is a dusting cleaning. I get rid of the dust that has accumulated, the dirt that has accumulated, mm-hmm. the candle wax that has accumulated. This is when it gets buried. Um, but it's also the period in which I rearrange altars and whatnot. So it's very much about restocking, touching things up, and reassessing what's going on in my life. It is a very spiritual time period for me. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a really um, important thing. You know, you can't just clean your house once a year. We talk about a spring cleaning, but mm-hmm. if you just clean your house once a year, you're in a messy house. Mm-hmm. And the fall cleaning, especially fall tending to the altars, is very important in the meditative and spiritual sense. Um, there's, a, there's a lot to, um, to do at that time. I also find that at fall time, I tend to want to uh, stock up on food. I guess it's sort of a hibernation thing Mm -hmm. uh at fall dried fruit become available cheap you know they're they're, it's when the dried fruit have been dried (laughs) right and so Mm -hmm. i always like to buy nuts and dried fruit to see me through the winter at um this time of year 
certain traditional cookies, cakes, and candies become available at the outlets that stock ethnic foods. Um, for instance, uh, marzipan and Lebkuchen mm-hmm. for us Ashkenazi Jews are available mm-hmm. at cost plus. <laughs> and we trek out and get boxes of them. And um, we just uh, last night, I ate the last marzipan from this last year. I mean, that, you know, it takes about a year to eat all the marzipan. <laughs> so those are things that are traditional in my family. Uh, restocking is exactly what it is. So, um, Mama E, tell yes. us, um, do you make any note of the natural things, like that the walnuts are coming in or that, um, you know, uh, the, the leaves are falling? I know we're in California, but there still are some deciduous trees that have been introduced into California. They're not native. Um, do you collect, like, you know, the fall leaves, you know, put them on an uh-huh. altar? The, the the leaves that I like to collect are the um, magnolia, magnolia ah. tree leaves, because mm-hmm. I use those in uh, in spells, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for faithfulness. And mm-hmm. we had a, we had a show on this before, and we have a big magnolia tree outside of Doctor E, and mm-hmm. uh, so yes, and they're all over the place. My goodness, yeah. So those are the ones that I collect. And, of course, you know, we get some of the, the herbs and, like, mm-hmm. rue, and we dry them and things like that um, whenever they stop, you know, flowering. So that's, yeah, those are the ones that usually we collect. Uh, rosemary. I like my mm-hmm. rosemary. Not that it gets deciduous, but I just like it because not only can you cook with them, uh, but you can also burn it, and you can do all kinds of stuff, you know, even mm-hmm. put it in olive oil, and you have yummy olive oil. So, um, yeah, that's uh, usually what I do. But this is, to me, this is a time, and especially this year, this year has been quite, uh, I, autumn is my favorite season, and this year has been a rough one. And I think it has to do with all those uh, planets, eclipses, and now war. And it's mm-hmm. very sad to see the way the world is going. And, you know, I, I'm a strong believer in prayer. And I think mm-hmm. that steady prayer, uh, you know, helps. Um, but uh, this is, to me, this is a time of throwing away and cleaning, not, uh, mm-hmm. you know, spring cleaning. I mean, you're not going to spend all winter surrounded by dust and dirt, and wait until spring and start cleaning now because the summer can be quite messy. <laughs> so mm-hmm. you want to make sure your house is in good shape for the holidays. Uh, so I'm doing a lot of that, throwing away, and will continue to throw away because, you know, I'm becoming a hoarder as I get older. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you get emotionally attached to junk. <laughs> What are you, doing? you know, you know what that's what that's called. It, it, a psychologist told me the, the proper term for that: inappropriate bonding with inanimate objects. Okay, <laughs> it's a good description. That was his description. I loved it. Um, so okay. yeah, I tell people I'm I suffer from inappropriate bonding with inanimate objects. 
<laughs> that that means I don't throw anything out. I just save it. <laughs> well, you know, I have a I you know, I might have a little a little box that I've had since I was a child and it had a chip on it. Uh-huh. And it's had a chip on it now for forty years. But I just can't throw it away because it was my box when I was a kid, you know. Yeah. And uh yeah. you know, and that it's been chipped, it got chipped somewhere when I was in middle age and I just mm-hmm. couldn't discard it, you know. That's yeah, that's yeah. inappropriate bonding with inanimate objects. <laughs> See, that's what happened to the pharaohs. That's what happened in Egypt, and they had to make a pyramid to put all their stuff in when they died. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great! The pyramid that's of a junk. That's a cake on the pyramid. That's good. Yeah, that's right. right. I mean, I have things that I brought over from Cuba when I was 14 years old, and I have them, and I don't want to get rid of them, and I have them in a box. And they're little tiny things that, you know, meant something for me back then Mm -hmm. when I was 14. So I saved that. And I'm not going to get rid of it no matter what season it is. That's the day I die, my daughter can make up her mind if she's going to throw it in the casket or she's going to throw it away. I don't know. Well, I intend to be buried with my grave goods. I've I've told that to Shiva. I just, you know, okay. fill the cat. Anything you can't sell on eBay, just pack it in the casket. We'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> and I yeah, hope some archaeologist digs it going up going later there. and enjoys it. And they'll go, what the <laughs> hell was all that? You know? <laughs> so, okay. um, yeah. Well, this is autumn is a time of contemplation of these things. Now you mentioned one thing, and um, and this is the the herbs of autumn, and and these are important things that we talk about. Um, A lot of people like autumn because they can make um, dishes or you know that are special for the season, like roasted things, roasted vegetables, and roasted Mm. meats, um, baked. Um, goods. This is a time of wanting to warm the house foods that take a long time to cook and will warm the house. It's sort of an excuse. And it, it comes out of the old idea of not wanting to waste your fuel just warming the house. Hey, put on a coat yeah. inside the house. But, oh, no, yeah. I've got to roast those Brussels sprouts. You know, Now the mm-hmm. house is mm-hmm. warm and I don't have to wear a coat inside the house. Now, of course, we do everything with electric and gas, but that idea still exists of warming the house through food. And so I just want to put in a little mm-hmm. plug for the book um, Who Do Food, which was mm-hmm. edited by... Um, Sister um, Robin and um, mm-hmm. and Deacon Millet and uh, myself, and that book has a lot of seasonal foods that can be used magically. And um, like as I said, the the spring greens, the the summer um, squash, have all given way now to the fall. And we make a big distinction, yeah. for instance, between summer squash and winter squash and how we cook them. So this is a time for baked vegetables and then how do you mm-hmm. bake them what do you do with them you know you have um the root vegetables the onions and the mm-hmm. um and all of course all of the members of the cabbage family both root and top you know and everything from um broccoli and cauliflower and brussels sprouts on the one hand to um kohlrabis and parsnips and all of those types of root carrots and um you know the things that are in the well, the carrot family that that are also mm-hmm. roots, 
bake up very well, and of course potatoes, which are in the tomato family. So summer we had tomatoes, mm-hmm. now we've got potatoes. And yeah. these are the this is the way that plant families parcel out and timeshare the seasons, each one ready mm-hmm. in its season. And of course, no less an authority than um, King Solomon talked about that, and I think also possibly Jeremiah did. There's a lot of talk in the Bible about seasons because uh, the Bible is written by agricultural people. And so mm-hmm. when you start thinking about what is appropriate to the season, I know that nowadays I could go down to the local store. I don't even have to go. Instacart will deliver to me That's right. fresh <laughs> asparagus from the southern hemisphere. Because in the southern hemisphere, they're having spring right now, and their asparagus is growing like a mother. And they just fly it up for all of us, you know, privileged people who can afford asparagus in fall. And I guess we're sending potatoes down to them, as far as I can tell. It must be a two-way traffic, or the airplanes would be empty half the time. But right now we have fresh apples. It's the apple season. Mm -hmm. And apples are a wonderful food but they're also a magical food. And just look up in Hoodoo Food, some of the mm-hmm. recipes for baked apples that are made with mm-hmm. cinnamon and spices and cloves. And you can make baked apples and serve them with some you know, brown sugar and stuff. And every one of them is a love spell. And those are wonderful yeah. things to do. Apple pie, um, all of those things. Um, I think of fall as a time for food spells because all of these special foods start coming out now the the special cookies the you know whatever it may be in your culture there's always going to be one what is the special cookie of fall in your culture mama e oh my goodness i come from a place where we had no seasons it ah. was summer all year long so, so um, you don't you don't have special cookies Interesting. I don't well, we, think so. We have I, a huge... Sugar uh, cookies, but no, that's about yeah. it. Sugar yeah. cookies are the real Northern European one. Ashkenazi Jews have a whole panoply of cookies that we start baking. Yeah. As soon as the, 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 the weather gets cold, <laughs> it's it's rugelach, it's it's um, what are called wedding balls, and but they're made the same thing as made in Mexico. They have powdered sugar on them, nut balls with um, powdered sugar yeah. on them. And yeah. um, and of course we make anise cookies and we make um, mm-hmm. all these cookies that are made and Lebkuchen which is made with ginger. In mm-hmm. Lebkuchen means lively cookie. It, it's like the cookie of life, and the ginger just makes these. You know, and of course among the um, American European people, they they're making carrot cake and and uh, all you know mm-hmm. zucchini bread and all of these sort of brownish baked goods all of which have a magical fruit cake. seasoning fruit, fruit cake. cake oh my god yes dark fruit cake and light fruit cake and um i prefer and i dark. say brother christopher makes an awesome uh golden fruit cake ah oh yeah he needs to bring mm-hmm. some to the next meeting you have mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah well, yeah, these are all now. Now I've got to bring Conjurman in. I'm sure you have some special foods of autumn too. Yeah, I mean, in, in my culture, we make uh, rice cookies, but also there's this other. It's it's a, called a cookie, but it's technically not a cookie. It's sort of a biscuit-like scone-like thing because it's actually salty. 
Mm-hmm. So it's, it's more of a biscuit that's made. It's literally called a salty cookie is what it's called. It's the actual mm. name for it. Um, but it's made, and it's, it's actually a biscuit. Um, it tastes exactly like biscuits do that. And it's sort of a hint of sweet, a little bit of salty, um, and it's made predominantly with butter, and it's eaten with, with tea. But we also have cookies that are sweet, like uh, rice cookies that are made during this time period. And we, people might be wondering, why the hell are you talking about cookies, and why are you talking about baking? This is actually probably the best season of the year to make some good, sneaky trick hoodoo foods. As Miss Cat mentioned, the hoodoo cookbook. Mm-hmm. This really is the best season for it because it's the season where you bake things and you give them out as gifts, whether it's, it's around Thanksgiving or whatever it is. Fall is the perfect time for this. And if you get into the habit of doing this every year, particularly at work, what you'll do is you'll create a work environment that is very, very, very favorable to you. So one of the things I recommend for people is to get into the habit of baking around this time period, bake some hoodoo foods, bake some things with some sugar and some cinnamon that has been prayed over, and then hand them out at work. Bring in a nice big basket of muffins and cookies and put them at work as a sort of seasonal thing. Hey, happy fall, everyone. Happy Halloween. Happy Thanksgiving. Whatever it is, place it at your job and make people favorable to you. It's a really good time to do this. Also, for those of you that deal with slightly tense work environments, this is a great time to sprinkle peace water at work. So we often talk about autumn and related to the house, but this is also the season to reassess our relationships at work. So bring in those hoodoo foods, bring in the sugar that you've prayed over, sprinkle a little bit of peace water around the office. It will do you really, really well. And if it becomes a sort of seasonal habit that every year in fall you make some goodies and you bring those goodies in, and the more you know, love and attention you put into it, the more your reputation will grow, the more that people will look forward, oh, I can't wait to fall because so-and-so brings in their famous cookies. So-and-so brings in their famous, you know, snickerdoodles, which are sugar and cinnamon. Or they bring in their, their, their famous chocolate chip cookies. It's a really good time to do that. So start that practice this year if you haven't done it before and watch you get the best raises, the best promotions, have people stand up for you and have your back. You can make your workplace your ally through this practice. Well, I am thanking um, Phyllis for mentioning the show that we did earlier with Mama E on pumpkins, but I'm not able to actually find it. Um, mm-hmm. And um, I'm going to ask somebody. It was there's like going to be 2017 or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I've just I just did a real quick search through the. Uh, forum, but I'm seeing that we rebroadcast it. Oh, here it is, May 27th, 2018. No, that oh, was a rebroadcast. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So if someone can find that, I'd love to get that pumpkin. Um, here it is, November 13th, 2016. I did find it. Oh, 16. Pumpkins. <laughs> yeah, pumpkin spells. Got it. Okay. So this is some thinking also around cooking and around magic, uh, the magic and the mm-hmm. cooking of pumpkins. And that was a wonderful show. And thank you, Phyllis, for reminding us of it. Um, that's a, um excellent thing. There we go. I think I put it in. I hope I did. Um, 
Oh, Phyllis beat me to it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I was thinking. Thank, yeah, thank you, Phyllis. Thank you, Phyllis. She, 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 she said she loved the spell, wrote it down, and tucked it away. Okay. So yeah, um, I'm I'm very very grateful to the chat room folks for picking up our dropped pieces here. Um, I'm making an effort, um, by the way, just as a little side note, to integrate these radio shows into forum messages and make sure that people actually know these these shows go back to 2010 and we have them all archived. Mm-hmm. And we sh- we're we should be making an index, but we don't have a volunteer, <laughs> so some yeah. some way we need to index these. But um, anyway, back to the topic. So. Um, Pumpkin and has a huge history. It only comes due at fall and ready to harvest at fall. And there's other squashes too, like butternut and so forth, that are harvested at that time. You can use them in foods, but they also have a um, a venerational context. Can you just give us a little refreshment on what spells you might use a pumpkin in? Just give us one little idea, an offering or a spell with a pumpkin. Um, what I what I like to do, and uh, because of the season itself, and it's the spell that I think I, I talked about on that podcast, mm-hmm. is when you carve your pumpkin to put it outside. You put protection earth inside your pumpkin. And then you take a small candle and you can rub it with, you know, firewall of protection oil and light it inside your carved pumpkin. And that prevents or keeps away any mischievous people that try to approach your home. Um, I also do the same thing inside the house. Uh, You can decorate with a real pumpkin or a plastic pumpkin and put inside protection herbs. And keep that in your home so that if when people come visit, your house is protected by your little magic pumpkins. So um, I think that's, those are the spells in that talk. Okay. So if you want to know more about that, the link is in the chat. And yes. um, that means you can go find it and find the pumpkin yes. spells. So thank you. Um, all right. Well, Another aspect of fall that uh, is very popular, particularly among neo-pagans, is the idea of the thinning of the veil and the idea Mm -hmm. that you will be able to communicate at this time better with ancestors and the dead. Now, not all Mm -hmm. cultures follow this belief. Um, It does have some probably reliance upon the older indigenous uh, Mexican ideas of the Day of the Dead, which themselves draw some of their visual inspiration and ceremonial applications from Spanish colonial influences, which in turn go back to when the Celts were in Spain, which in turn go back to the Celts and their veneration of the head or the skull. So there's a Mm -hmm. kind of a weird um, blending line of indigenous Celts who travel all around Europe and ended up in the upper western part of Europe mm. and then yeah. became colonialists and met up with these Mexicans who already had this um, 
a skull and veneration of the dead thing going on. And then somehow mm-hmm. um, these people who came from a Celtic background who were Wiccans or neo-pagans of the Europe, Western European side, they go, oh, Mexican Day of the Dead. Right. It's just like our shit. <laughs> it's so it's mm-hmm. become this interesting melange, you could say, of cultures um, so far, thank God, nobody has stood up and said, you're appropriating indigenous people, because it actually is common to many indigenous people. Um, but that that idea of the skull associated with the Day of the Dead or this particular time of year, this uh, thinning of the veil, is um, is widespread and cross-cultural and, and probably sprang up in several places and got mingled together. And um, so it's a a successful melange and not one that is stressing anyone out these days because everyone has so much fun with it. They don't want to say, oh, that's really bad. You shouldn't do that. The cancel Mm -hmm. culture culture warriors are not around to say, oh, that's bad. You you can't do Day of the Dead because your family came from Ireland. No, they don't say that, (laughs) right? Because the Irish are going, oh, yeah, the veneration of the head of Bran. What are you talking about? (laughs) So Mm -hmm. it's all sort of happening at the same time. And meanwhile, of course, the Germanic people are going, ah, yes, but the turnip people. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) right, it's all together. It's all together in a happy a happy land of fall celebration. Yeah. And there are a few cultures, of course, who don't have that. But um, but we're teaching them fast. Mm. Yeah. I, I wanna, we didn't have a, that. Yeah. Go ahead. I want to put a word in for, for oil lamps during this time. Lighting uh, ah. light is a fantastic tradition uh, around the fall equinox and throughout autumn. It's quite frequent to find the lighting of candles. There's generally a, uh, one large candle that has been that's lit in the house and then, then it's sort of replaced. This was a practice that I was taught in uh, Virginia uh, in which you get holy oil, that is a blessed oil from the church, or you can purchase holy oil from Lucky Mojo, uh, and you anoint a single candle and you burn that candle little bit every night and when that candle burns down you get another candle anointed with blessing oil and you keep that going throughout the fall season and the idea being here that as things get darker and darker and darker this will hold the dark at bay so to speak Mm -hmm. uh you can replace that with an oil lamp you can have an oil a blessing lamp that you've set in the center of your home and that you keep that flame going pretty frequently, trimming the wick, replenishing the oil. But this is a really good practice, the practice of setting lights, this practice of keeping in a sort of eternal flame that we talked about. So this is a more positive mm-hmm. experience from uh, last week's episode where we were talking about things being set on fire and the dangers associated with them. Practice fire safety, but an eternal flame here can be really useful, uh, particularly if you keep it going through the fall, then into winter, do another sort of fire lighting ceremony at the winter solstice to really emphasize the fire that you've kept going through the equinox and to drive away the dark and to promise the coming of the spring and the dawn. It can be a really powerful and meaningful practice. So you can do a candle. This in Virginia, they didn't use uh, too many lamps for this. We had lamps for other things. They generally use one candle. You wanted to use a church candle and church oil. 
but you can use any candle and any holy oil, and I don't see any reason for not replacing it with an oil lamp. I've done it as an oil lamp personally because I love oil lamps, uh, and it works really, really well to keep the light going, to keep the blessings in the home, and it works really great. If you keep that going for several weeks in the lead-up to any sort of family gathering in your house, it'll keep things nice and cool. It'll keep things moving smoothly with all those personalities in one room. Everything will, <laughs> will, will go through nicely if you get this candle or this oil going. Well, you know, there's a another thing about this time of year, which we haven't talked too much, and that's burying spells. Because this is a time of the dead, and um, people don't just all die and fall, but it is a time when many plants die down to the ground. Mm -hmm. And it is a time when you can bury spells or bury things you don't want Mm -hmm. anymore. Uh, It is best to do this, in my opinion, to harness both the sun's waning power with the moon's waning. So uh, as you get to this time of year, the dark of the moon assumes more importance, and going to a cemetery and burying something you want out of your life or want gone at this time of year. You know, that honey jar you've been holding on to for six months, and, and meanwhile the guy's already gone off and gone to Greece with his new girlfriend and she's <laughs> pregnant. You know, bury that honey jar. Be sure when you bury it, take the lid off so that the ants can have their fill. You know, let it don't don't entomb honey or sugar. Return them to nature so that somebody can profit from them even if you did not. Um, it's also a good time of year to do upside down vinegar jar spells where you have been having this vinegar jar or bottle on your altar with the peppers and the names dissolving and off gassing and you know you're lucky if it didn't explode and you know you're shaking it to a fairly well and now it's time to say all done and not that you're done with the spell but that you want to carry the spell to the next point and you punch a hole in the lid and um, and you take it to the graveyard and you bury that bottle or jar upside down so that drip, 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 as it drips down into the ground, it will um, flow away. And whatever it was you wanted done, the uh, breakup, for instance, their lives will go down, their love will go down, whatever you're, what you prayed for will go down. Now, in the far north, and we did a show about... Uh, Magic in the Far North, and we also have an online workshop with Doc Murphy about this too, Spells for Snow. They're already experiencing snow and cold weather. They're up in Alaska, and I have clients in Alaska. It's already, you know, it's already very, very cold. So um, they don't see the fall the way we do. To them, it's just Mm -hmm. the beginning of winter. And one thing we always have to remember is that when we talk about hoodoo, we're talking about um, a form of magic that originated in an um, equatorial region and mm-hmm. basically from the Tropic of Cancer to the Tropic of Capricorn, and which is a band around the Earth, and then was shifted slightly north as enslaved people were brought from Africa. They were brought to North America, but they were also brought to South America like Brazil and also to Central America like like Mexico and Cuba and Haiti. 
those mm-hmm. who stayed closer to the equator were able to keep their traditions. But as they shifted north, their traditions changed. As they shifted south, their traditions changed. So what we have as this extended fall in the temperate zone isn't found in equatorial lands. Like like you said, Mama E, you come from the land of one season. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I was, I was born and raised in the land of two seasons, which is California, mm-hmm. wet and dry. Yeah. And yeah. so we take a different view of it than people even at the same latitude as us, but who are east of the Rocky Mountains or in the Old South, in um, Maryland and in Georgia, North Carolina, South Carolina, uh, Texas, Mississippi, uh, those states, Arkansas, Alabama, those states are slightly shifted and have adopted in hoodoo um, more, uh, I guess you would say, Anglo-Saxon ways because the weather is different and it's more like European weather than Africa. Oh, and there's our time. So I think we're done with this topic and I hope we taught you all a lot. Support for this program is provided by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California and located online at luckymojo.com and by the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, AIR, a directory of ethical and authentic conjure practitioners located online at readersandrootworkers.org, and by Hoodoo Psychics, the first psychic line run entirely by Hoodoo practitioners. Receive a reading with a trusted root worker instantly. Call 1-888-4-HOODOO or visit hoodoopsychics.com. And by the Crystal Silence League, a free online prayer service of the Association of Independent Spiritual Churches located online at crystalsilenceleague.org. Normally we'd be going to, oh, nope, we do have a client on the phone tonight. Um, it is uh, Blanca from Australia. Blanca, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Oh, <laughs> wonderful. Can you hear me? And you indicated that you had no, yes, we can hear you. And you indicated that you had no other readers or readings on this situation. Is that correct? Correct. Okay. And she writes, feeling a bit stuck and looking for a new job. What can I change to bring into my life more prosperity, success, and a new well-remunerated job with a boss that will sponsor me to move forward in my career? Turning it over to you, Ms. Kat. Well, Wow, how wonderful. It's like we evoked you out of the ether. There I was talking about how everything is reversed in the Southern Hemisphere, and you're calling us from Australia. You even have a different day. You're on a different day. And tell us what you're – you're in spring right now, right? Yes, Uh, although we've had some cold weather, so it does feel a bit like a mixture of summer and winter. (laughs) So you, but you're in early spring, like we're in early, yeah, uh, like fall. Yeah. yeah, wonderful. How wonderful! All right. Well, see, this mm-hmm. is this is one of those things. You mention something, and then somebody comes out of nowhere and says, "And I represent the Southern Hemisphere." That's so great. Um, so um, I'm going to um, turn this over um, to. Um, let's see, we have all sorts of strange stuff here. It says, reading by Cat or J.D. Surely, Nagashiva, you don't mean J.D. <laughs> Surely you mean <laughs> a reading by um, Conjurman? <laughs> yes? 
would it be contraband? I'm not hearing anything. Have I been cut off? Mm-mm. No, no, I'm no. here. Uh, yes, that's well, because I wasn't on the line. But I can tell you, yes, that was incorrect. Go ahead, please. <laughs> okay, great. How about contraband will give the first reading, um, Mama E will give the second reading, and I'll pick up the root work. That sounds great. Can, can I just hear the situation one more time? Unfortunately, my audio cut out. I'll read it real quick. Uh, Feeling a bit stuck okay. and looking for a new job, what can I change to bring into my life more prosperity, success, and a new well-remunerated job with a boss that will sponsor me to move forward in my career? And I'm going to ask two things. Blanca, what is your sign of the yes. zodiac? Uh, Capricorn. Capricorn, mm-hmm. great. Good for career. And what is the field in which your career is found? Uh, consulting. consulting. Consulting, but for let's let's get a little bit more clear on this. Uh-huh. Is it financial consulting, health consulting, what? Um, a mixture of uh, leadership, learning, and social impact. Okay, got it. Okay, All right. great. Take it away, Congressman. And thanks for rereading that. I heard nothing before the the boss. I only heard the boss bit. <laughs> and looking for a boss sponsor, so that's fantastic. I should say, uh, as a little interesting uh, tidbit about the zodiac, that uh, traditionally Capricorns were associated with consulting. The two signs that were connected with bureaucrats, uh, consulting, viziers, and advisors were Virgo and Capricorn. Virgo, in fact, Capricorn was specifically understood as the viziers of the court. That was where they were generally known as, the advisors of the court. So Capricorn and consulting go hand in hand together. In modern parlance, we don't really have viziers anymore, but we have consultants that consult either in industry or in government or in whatnot. So that's a, that's, a, that's a good sign right off the bat. I pulled three cards here to take a look and see what uh, you know, what the future holds for you and whether you'll be able to find what you're looking for. The first card here is the two of pentacles. We see an individual that is standing on one foot, balancing two coins, juggling them, in fact, as the waves go up and down in the background and there's sort of a ship that's being tossed. This generally indicates a couple things. First, it does indicate that the grounding that you're in is not as stable as you would like or is as ideal. It indicates that there are things that are in flux that will change, that will go up and that will go down, that will go forward, that will go backwards. Things that will manifest rightly in one way, but maybe a step back in another way. It indicates that you may not have the best foundation as things stand. And so any type of work that you do should first be about really stabilizing that foundation. And why does that matter? Because Capricorns are sure-footed. They're able to really overcome any obstacle, but they must be able to find something, even a little bit, that they can uh, get get purchase on, that they can plant their feet on. If you've ever seen ghosts, I mean, sometimes it's pure magic the way that they're able to sort of stand on near horizontal cliffs. But there's something that they're able to find here. And so for you, yeah, something vertical on those cliffs. So it is something here. Um, there is something that you need to do in order to 
fund those that that purchase. So some type of work that will bring you balance, some type of work that will really help you uh, find your sure-footedness. There's also an element of determining what is ideal for you. So any type of magical work that you do, I would recommend writing down what you're looking for in regards to your ideal job, setting it aside for the day, sleeping on it, coming back to it, and then revising the list. And repeating this a couple times until you get to the core and essence of what you're looking for. Really refine and clarify your intentions because that's going to matter going forward. The next card is the Six of Swords, and that indicates where you're going to be headed. The Six of Swords is the present. It may be hard to see the future ahead of you, and the path ahead may have some pain, difficulty, and sacrifice that is required. But know that you will find a path forward eventually. It will likely require some type of guidance because in the Six of Pentacles, we see two refugees on a boat and they're surrounded by swords Mm -hmm. and they're being ferried by someone else. This indicates that you can do some spiritual work, some magical work to help lead you forward. But part of that magical work should involve attracting to you a mentor, an ally, or a guide. Someone who has walked this path before, someone who's traversed and navigated these waters before. So someone who's in consulting, someone who does work that is similar to what you're interested in, someone who has a lot of experience in it and who can help you through the process, who can be a guide, who can even just, you know, read your resume for you, read your application for you, but all right, change this a little bit. You're going to need to bring in that ally, that mentor, that guidance, because they're going to be the key to your success. And the final card that we have here is the Three of Pentacles, which shows us a person who is working on a cathedral. They are an artisan, and they're being watched by two individuals. This tells me that, yes, you will achieve what you desire. You will get a job that is fulfilling, a job that you will truly enjoy. And this job will also bring to you support, people who will recognize your talent, people who will recognize your skill, and people who will support you in that. But that the job may not necessarily bring in money the way that you want at first. That may come even later. Overall, I'm looking at about a three to six month period here. You'll be able to sort of go through the process, find the job that you want. It may be able to take a little bit longer, require a little bit more help. The job may not be as financially sound as you hoped it would be right off the bat, but it will have potential to slowly grow in the direction that you want. With that, I'm going to turn this over to Mama E, who will do your next reading. Hi, Blanca. Thank you. Hi, Blanca. Hello. How are you? Hi. I'm doing great. Hola. Thank you. Hola. <laughs> Shall we do this in Spanish? <laughs> I have a question. I have a question for mm-hmm. you. Um, on your um, your statement, you say feeling a bit stuck and looking for a new job. Does that mean that mm-hmm. you have a job now and you're looking for another job or you are out of work looking for a job? Um, I'm out of work. I'm doing um, – uh, I'm on an academic board at the moment helping, but it's mm-hmm. not a paid academic board yet because the yes. college hasn't been funded. So, yeah, yes. so I'm just temping, but okay. not really a steady income. Okay. Well, aside from all the uh, advice that Conjurman gave you, which was amazing, Mm -hmm. um, I'm looking at the cards that I pull. I pull a lot of cards. 
to make sure I get the whole story. And uh, the first card that came up is the Nine of Cups, and that's the wish card. You're going to get what you're looking for. And um, I also got the Hangman, because right now you're stuck. You don't know which way to go. However, on the left of that, I got the Ace of Swords. So things will open up. You will get what you want. What I see here, it's interesting because, first of all, I get the Knight of Swords. So it's like move forward, go ahead, do what you're supposed to do. And then um, I also get the Princess of Swords, which is, you know, below that. It's like the page. To me, Swords, I know they indicate different things. To me, they indicate communication. Uh, Every time Mm -hmm. I get a lot of Swords, it tells me that the person needs to work on the way they communicate. Uh, Maybe when they present themselves for interviews, they must be assertive and not sound like um, you're begging for a job, but go there and show them what you can bring to the table for these people. Um, Way back when I worked for other people, Whenever I interviewed for a job, I made sure I learned everything I could about the company I was interviewing for. So when you find a job that you like and you send your resume and they call you for an interview, make sure you're prepared because this is what's going to save you. The expression, the way that you can talk to them and tell them, you know, all the things that you can do and all the things that you have accomplished. Now, um, I get the four swords, which means you're finally going to stop wearing and you will find what you need. You'll be at peace and quiet, but you need to take the reins of your life and your future and also balance. So I believe uh, Conjurman mentioned the two pentacles. I get the temperance card, which to me is balance. Maintain yourself, um, you know, controlled when you show up, and uh, don't be intimidated by anybody because you get the star card, and that's a very um, lucky future. You also get the four of wands, so uh, that's stability and celebration. So I think that you will get what you want. Uh, Just see what, you know, follow the the, the advice uh, Conjurman gave you about finding someone that helped you, maybe with your resume, and also uh, mm-hmm. give you some tips as to how to present yourself. Because, you know, we get used to uh, doing what we know how, what to do, and then when we're looking for a new job, we have to remake ourselves and do a makeover, honest to goodness. And you have to sit there and maybe have a friend watch you answer an interview, and advise you on how to present yourself. But I believe that you have what it takes and you'll get it. So you just need a little bit of a mental change to go in and, you know, show them that you can help them. Okay? Thank you. All right. Wow. All of those sword cards, so interesting. Um, there are people who identify swords only as sorrow or wounding or war, mm-hmm. but swords are air, and air mm-hmm. is communication. And as exactly. I always tell people, just remember, air is prayer. And so what we're seeing here is um, an indication toward um, possibly the use of incense, smoke, because, of course, that's 
made um, visible in the air, and also the use of spoken words. And that relates right back to our conjurance started with writing down your goals on paper, sleeping on them, and then um, refining that. When you do refine it, because it's air, um, I would actually um, tear up the papers that you um, had first written on, put them on a piece of charcoal with some incense, like resin incense, like dragon's blood incense would be a good one, or frankincense would be good, and then burn the little pieces of paper up, let them go into the air. So this is a a lot of air in this uh, root work that you should be doing. Um, I'm going to suggest also that um, because there is a little issue here of your foundation, and Mama E touched on that too, that in addition to writing what you want, I think you should also work on refining your resume and your CV. Um, Work with a professional if you have to, but do it yourself if you want to. I don't know how old you are or how much job experience you have, but it it need you need a helper you need an ally and once that is done and you have it done then you can use that um as a uh altar covering in other words you can take a copy of it and place it on your altar and set some uh candles or an oil lamp on it or you can just burn incense on it which is kind of what i recommend with all of these swords so you could get some steady work incense, for instance, or you could just, where you're in Australia, it's a long way to import things from uh, American hoodoo suppliers. So, But I'm sure you can get frankincense and myrrh. And um, do you have a religion? Uh, I'm uh, Catholic and Jewish. Catholic and Jewish. Oh, this is perfect for you. Wow. <laughs> this is great. Okay, so so when the baby Jesus was born, they gave him a gift. The three Persians came, came all the way from Persia. They gave him the Magi. They gave him the gift of frankincense, myrrh, and gold. And this makes a a spell which I consider very Jewish, but Christians consider very Christian. Mm-hmm. Frankincense and myrrh are to be burned. These are resin incenses. But what's the gold all about? What's the gold for? To me, the gold is for what's called sadaka. Or charity. So every time you burn some of this incense and put this on your your resume, there put down a coin. It doesn't have to be gold. I mean, I know they do make gold coins in Australia. I'm sure they make. Um, they're called Australian kangaroo coins, and they're very, 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 very expensive. But just put down any old um, uh, Australian coin um, and and light the incense and. As you pray for a helper to find you, as you work on your resume, uh, CV, get your references together. And every time you revise it, you know, just put that down on the altar, take the other one away, tear it up, burn it on charcoal with more frankincense and more. But always put a coin down every time you burn the incense. And the coins will go for that three of pentacles, which showed the worker not being recompensed correctly. Mm-hmm. And there were, instead of coins, there were just these outlines of coins. Okay, So one way to do it, you could just lay the whole thing out with three coins around it and say these are going to really be three coins. But I would actually add a coin every time you burn the incense and say these coins will go for the benefit and training of those less fortunate than I who will want some kind of a help. All righty. I hope that was helpful to you, Blanca. And now...
Yes. <laughs> and now there is silence. L M C. You're listening to the LMC Radio Network, broadcasting out of Forestville, California, on the World Wide Web at LuckyMojo.com. The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootbook Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman, Sundays, 3 to 4.30. Mystics, Mages, and Magical Places with Reverend Art and Reverend James, Mondays, 4 to 5.30. The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, in syndication, Tuesdays. The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Deborah Voigt, Tuesdays, 4 to 5. The Now You Know Show with Professor Porterfield in syndication, Wednesdays. And The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Miss Phoenix LaFay in syndication, Thursdays. All time specific, add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. And now it's time for our free spell segment from our special guest, Mama E of ConjureDoctor.com in Los Angeles, California. Take it away, Mama E. Thank you. Okay, as I was saying before, one way you can bring magic into your home is by using typical autumn harvest vegetables and spice. For example, dried corn stalks and dried ears of corn with husk can be used in a variety of decorating styles. Corn stalks are often gathered and placed near the front door for protection and to bring abundance to your home. Dried ears of corn can be hung on your wall or front door to welcome the energy of the season and attract luck to your home. Of course, you can always use the dry husk to make puppets for additional magic work. Pumpkins and gourds can also be used as containers for protection spells. I already spoke about the uh, pumpkin in the front porch, and I have also spoken before about using vegetables for uh, little, uh, little container spells. So you can do prosperity, inside a pumpkin because they are the color of money, they're gold, and you can use, uh, you know, any of the other uh, herbs, or not herbs, I'm sorry, gourds, to, uh, to also do container spells to protect your home. Now, spices. There are seasonal spices like pumpkin pie spice and mulling spices that can be used for a variety of reasons. And uh, here's the list of the pumpkin pie and mulling spices. Cinnamon sticks are for money and hot love. Cardamom pots are for love. Allspice berries are for money, and whole cloves are for money. A pumpkin spice recipe. One teaspoon of ground cinnamon for money, quarter teaspoon of ground nutmeg money and luck, quarter teaspoon of ground ginger for protection and luck, and an eighth teaspoon of ground cloves for luck. To bring 
Good luck in your future. Use a green, yellow, or white non-scented offertory size candle. I used the white one, offertory size. Place your photo and a, do- and a dollar bill of the highest denominations you have under a plate. And make sure you dab them with money oil, any money oil that you have. I did something. I print money uh, from the internet, like $5,000, $10,000 bills, and I used those to put under the plate. Anoint the candle with oil from the bottom to the top and roll the candle on the pumpkin spice mix. Place the candle on a candle holder on top of the plate. Add a small lodestone and a pyrite to the plate. Light the candle and ask the universe or the God of your choice to bring you luck and prosperity. Let the candle burn until it is done. And this spell can be repeated as often as desire. And it smells really good. Now, let me tell you, I did that at uh, Dr. E at the shop for the picture that is uh, attached, and our sales went up. So just FYI. Now, Molly Spice recipe, and that's also attached, is three ounces of cinnamon sticks for money and hot love, a third cup of cardamom pods for love, a quarter cup of allspice berries for money, a quarter cup of whole cloves for money for luck and protection, uh, a third cup of dried orange peel for love, a quarter cup of black peppercorns to keep undesirables away, because God knows. Okay, so place the cinnamon sticks, the cardamom pods, the allspice berries, the cloves, and the star anise in a large Ziploc bag. Crush with a rolling pin a few times to break larger spices and release the oils. Add dried orange peel and peppercorns to the bag and toss to mix well. Store until ready to use. They should last fresh about six months. And you can use them by adding three tablespoons of spice mix per gallon of apple cider and one tablespoon of spice mix per bottle of wine because you can put them in wine too. So... Add your spices to your beverages and heat to simmer. So you have to heat that wine. Simmer for 10 to 20 minutes. The longer you keep the mulling spices in the liquid, the stronger the flavors. If you're using a crock pot or a slow cooker, hit it on low and keep the spices in until ready to serve. You can also just, you know, heat them up and leave them on your stove. And uh, they smell delicious. So, and your house will smell wonderful. So, there you go. I hope you all have a great uh, fall season and happy holidays that are coming up. And I hope you enjoy this little recipe. Thank you. Wow. That that was really, really nice. Um, there's nothing I can add to this mm, one because dang. it's perfect. <laughs> Both of them are absolutely perfect. And it's interesting that the mulling spices, of course, goes to this whole idea of keeping the room warm, keeping the kitchen mm-hmm. fire warming things up. And um, the the idea of um, of 
cooking and and fall magic always seems to go hand in hand. So that that's mm-hmm. a good one to me, the mulling spice recipe. And I know that um there are there are those who would uh, like me who would keep mulling spices on the stove whether or not I ever add them to wine or make malt wine mm-hmm. just to have them just to have them smell right. good. They smell good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, there's our music. So Thank you, Mama E. We're going to turn this over to Reverend James. He's going to read our announcements, and then we'll all come back and say goodbye. Take it away, thank Reverend you. James. Thank you, Miss Pat and Conjure Man, and thank you, Mama E. of ConjureDoctor.com in Los Angeles, California, for being our guest this week. We invite you to join us next week when, from the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, we will have Miss Elvira of Elvira.com, that's E-L-V-Y-R-A.com, in Forestville, California, bringing us an oracle hour on the Tarot's Major Arcana. Once again, we've come to the end of another Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California. You can find this chat via the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and Conjureman at conjuremanconsulting.com in Mission Viejo, California. I'm your announcer, Reverend James, joining you from folkconjure.com in North Carolina. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour can be heard every week live on Blog Talk Radio at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, and the shows are available in archives via luckymojo.com forward slash radio show dot html. For all of us at Lucky Mojo, I'd like to thank you for being here and invite you to tune in once again next week at this same time when you will hear the familiar strains of the Memphis Jug Band playing the Jug Band Waltz. Thanks, everybody. Goodbye. Thank you, Reverend James. And I'm going to tell my co-conspirator Nagashiva, we have a lot of work ahead of us because Elvira is a tremendous Tarot teacher, has taught Tarot professionally and, of course, been a professional reader for years. And we also have in the can some older uh, Wish the Priestess in the Cauldron and Crystal Silence League articles on, I mean, podcasts on the Tarot. So let's get them together. We want to have a a, a whole um, listening list for everybody. This is going to be quite the thing, and I'm looking forward mm-hmm. to it. It's going to be great. All right, well, the only other news I have here is buy those Crown Royal mini bags while we've got them. <laughs> those things go out of stock so fast. People love them. If you've never tried them um, to hold your precious amulets and charms, You'll appreciate it the minute you get one. All righty. Well, that's it for me. And um, I guess it's time to say good night. Good night, all. Good night. Nighty night.